Hello and welcome. <laughs> Apparently I'm hosting tonight. Uh, welcome to the Vulture Firefighter Podcast. I have three members of my power family. I have Ash. Hello. I've got Scott. Hey. And we've got Rob. Hi there. Um, so tonight, um, a little bit of news, I guess. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, a wildfire burning. Yeah. Wildfire season's here. Yeah, yeah, it's official. It's here and it's local. Mm-hmm. So just outside of our area, uh, when did it kick off? What did we say? Was it Thursday? Friday. Yeah, Friday, I think. Friday. 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 So Friday from lightning strike, it sounds like. And we are now sitting at twenty, just over 2,700 hectares. Yeah. So it's uh, Jeremy's Creek Fire? Jeremy's Creek Fire, yeah. Uh, very steep uh, terrain, but um, what they say, just under 400 homes are evacuated. Uh, the entire uh, Apex Mountain Ski Resort is evacuation ordered, mm-hmm. uh, and a whole bunch of residences as well in the surrounding areas. Yeah, it looks like I was reading up today. Uh, it's dropped down to Green Mountain Road area, mm-hmm. um, over into the Olala um, district area. Yeah. Um, Olala North for sure, and then more into like the Olala proper. Uh, those are all on alert. So that's another 50-ish. Yeah, so it's technically a couple small communities, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so they just did the most accurate mapping of it today from a little bit of inversion they had. So now that we're just sitting um, just under 2,800 square yeah. hectares. So it was like 2,760, 2,780, something like that. 2,790. Yeah, there you go. 2,790. Yeah. Yeah, right now it's, it's kind of, um, there's a highway that's holding it, kind of. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Potentially um, could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it jumps the highway, it'll be another issue. Yes. Because <laughs> we still yeah. got probably a month and a half of hot weather out of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's another community right there too, Twin Lakes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the crazy section with that, with those mountain ranges, and then like the, the winds are so unpredictable because they come from every which way. Mm. So that was a big, big issue with it. And that's what one of the, they mentioned in their um, news briefing today was, um, due to the erratic winds, it had a, a very different uh, characteristic of how it, how it grew. It yeah. was just kind of both up the sides, up the flanks. Which, which I think is what ours was last year. They That's said right. the winds were so um, abnormal for a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually come to think of it, that's why the, I think the U.S. military comes up here to fly their helicopters because their winds are so erratic when they do their training because it replicates like um, desert climates. Like, yeah, they do their, their mountain courses. Yeah, That's right here because yeah. of the because of the erratic winds, which is probably good when you're mm-hmm. trying to be an elite pilot, but not when you're trying to fight a forest fire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so with that one, now there is, uh, what they say? How many firemen? Three hundred. Yeah, I, really I didn't see the number on that. Number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that seems yeah. like a lot. That seems like more than. I remember <laughs> there was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can't remember where I was. It sounds like there's a boatload of forestry guys because there isn't a lot of fires in our province. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have uh, some structure um, protection specialists and also fire departments um, mobilized as well now. Yeah. Which yeah. you guys have your tender deployed. We yep. do. Our tender went out two, two days ago, so it's out on deployment. Um, right now they're filling water cisterns and um, the odd portable pump or portable, portable tank um, for sprinkler protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like these, these cisterns. Um, they're like sea can, like what are 20, 20 foot, 40 foot sea cans. Yeah, they're like 40 foot Basically, sea cans. Uh, 40 foot sea cans with like, wheels on one end, and they're kind of like they, they get pulled in by like a semi truck, I think. Hmm. And they get dropped, and they have um, like um, high volume uh, discharge 
ports and stuff. Um, usually there's a couple bladders sitting there that they you can draw from if you're an engine. Um, from what we saw last year on deployment. Um, so um, they're definitely probably just getting set up, ready to, ready to fight, because there's not a lot of, there's not a water, real good water sources up there. There's some lakes, but um, these are basically water um, stations for the engines to come and fill, or the, or the, or the tenders if they have to uh, need a quick water supply. Yeah. So it says right here, uh, evacuation orders, uh, currently 324. Uh, alerts, another 438 are on alert as of tonight. Right. It's quite a bit. It is, yeah. That's uh, that's as we saw in the past fires. Um, that changes pretty rapidly, mm-hmm. right? So by tomorrow afternoon, we could be having four hundred and thirty plus more on order. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. They've got like uh, Apex there, so a ski resort, and they've hooked up all their snowmaking equipment mm-hmm. to we help. Thinking last year, when we yeah, were... yeah. So that's a that's a cool setup. As long as they've got enough water resources up there to. Keep those keep, machines keep that running. running. They got a lot of moisture in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the neat thing with those systems, right? Just it increases that relative humidity so much um, as the fire advances, yeah. so it really slows that fire activity mm-hmm. down. I've been watching like their Facebook. I'm on their Facebook group, like uh, for members that go up there and ski and such. Uh, and there's a lot of posts about uh, the apparatus that's up there now. They've got uh, a bunch of engines, some tenders. Uh, like Scott was saying, a bunch of uh, uh, BC Forestry. Um, and then, yeah, running those things pretty much around the clock, it sounds like, mm-hmm. keeping that uh, moisture level up. It's good. Hopefully uh, it stays away from there. It's a, a bit of a gem in, in the valley, and a lot of people uh, permanent uh, resident there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously. Yeah. They, have, they have a small fire brigade of not many people, like what? Yeah, it's pretty small. Maybe mm-hmm. um, we've actually given them some gear before. Yeah. We've actually trained them a little bit before in our training round for free. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're pretty small. They don't really. I don't even know if they have a truck right now. They're more. They run off hydrants and stuff, mm-hmm. and like pickup mm-hmm. trucks. Yeah, they, got they a have truck. the one truck. The they have truck. One oh yeah, right. They got one donated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truck, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, one truck, but now they have all might have. <laughs> they probably have like forty trucks up there now. Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I was reading too, and because we had some storms roll through part of the province in the past four days, there's been eighty wildfires started within the province. So mm-hmm. they're definitely keeping busy out there now. Sure, it's funny all the Facebook warriors. Um, <laughs> up until today, we have had no bans on campfires, um, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, the province is on fire again!" Like, what's everybody thinking? But if you go and look at all the active wildfires. Um, I don't want to say all of them, but <laughs> yeah. the vast majority are all like um, two storms that rolled through here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we just we just had this heat wave too right after those storms too, right? Mm-hmm. So last year unfortunately we were in it for like a month. Yes. Um of forty plus weather, but uh you know, now we're only a couple of days at you know forty one, forty two yeah. degrees. Mm-hmm. Which is hot enough because what crossover was what, nine AM? Yeah, one day it was nine AM, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty favorable uh, conditions for wildland fires and not very favorable for us to fight them. To fight them. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, our airport, which is right next to the hall, is uh, being used as the uh, as a fire base. So mm-hmm. sounds like being now again here. <laughs> Came back yeah. today from camping. I was like, oh, there's <laughs> helicopters flying over us. <laughs> like, like, oh, here we go. Home, yeah. yeah. August. <laughs> August is here. It smells like smoke, and there's helicopters everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was interesting. We had a later start to our spring. We had a later spring, later start to the summer. More fire season kind of kicking off here now. We're at the end of July, beginning beginning of August. We're almost our our weather conditions are almost turning into that of like California, where their fire season is going longer into October, November, December, even yeah. down there sometimes. Yeah, I can see us being very active well into the latter part of September here yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. What's well, funny too, because people are saying it's late for us to get these wildfires, but I was actually just looking, uh, one of the biggest things we ever had was uh, 2003, uh, mm-hmm. the Okanagan Mountain Park went up, yeah. and Kelowna, well, a large portion, not a large portion, uh, a big portion of one subdivision yeah. got wiped off the map, yeah. um, and that started on August 16th. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. And it went fast. Yeah, because basically within that kind of the first one week and a half there, we had Anarchist Mountain Fire went up, mm-hmm. uh, Vassal Lake Fire went up, Okanagan Mountain Park Fire went up. Yeah. Um, so we had three major fires that year. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was when they coined the firestorm term. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. All the fires coming out of the guys. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, wildfire season's here. Back feels like normal. It's smoky and choppers flying everywhere. Yeah. Um... On the uh, cooler note, I guess, of uh, refreshing <laughs> training. For some guys. <laughs> for some guys. For about three people. <laughs> um, our water is still quite abnormally high for this season. Yes. Uh, so we still actually have some swift water environment uh, in our river. So you guys did a swift water practice. Who wants to take that? I do. Yeah. Start. Yeah, so um, I want to say two or three weeks ago, um, a, couple of, a couple of our members... Um, Grant, who's been on quite some time ago, mm-hmm. and Matt, who we just tried to get on, but said no. Has <laughs> <laughs> Matt ever been on? Matt's never been on. No. We talk about Matt a lot. Matt's our rope guy. Yeah. And he's actually very skilled at swift water. Guy. Guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Matt and Grant came to me at a practice one night. Actually, well, you guys were in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, hey, we want to do, because they actually swam, they went and swam the river one day, because um, they're both, like I said, they're both very skilled in water. So they went and just did a kind of a recon of the river, uh, and they said, "Hey, we want to do a." They had told me they wanted to do a swift water uh, um, scenario. Scenario. Field exercise. Field training exercise, as we're calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> I just like typing FTX and faster. It's faster than typing in scenario when I type it to the nice. training officers or the officers group. <laughs> and um, we always spell scenario wrong. Yeah, and I always spell scenario wrong. Like, I always spell scenario wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So the FTX, <laughs> which is not just a jocko term, it's actually a military term, I think. <laughs> but anyways, uh, they wanted to do one of these uh, FTXs uh, on the river, and I said, yeah. I said, what do you guys have in mind? Well, we don't want to tell you, because we want you involved in it, not not as a mm-hmm. trainer, as a as a participant. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I said, do you have enough people? Because I said, you're on the, if you're on the river... You gotta make it safe. Yeah, <laughs> and we actually went back and forth. They're like, well, no, it's it's really up to the officers to make it safe on scene. I said, no, no. I said, yeah, it's right about that time that I walked up. <laughs> yeah, I said no. As as training, <laughs> the training section needs to make training safe. <laughs> I said yeah. yes, you're correct. The officers should also be monitoring safety for the members, but mm-hmm. you need to make the exercise safe. Because <laughs> yes. he wanted to use live patients. So I said, well, that sounds great. I said again, you have to make it safe. And I said also. Um, a lot of times when we have live patients, we um, we kind of um, we push our limits a little bit more, I think, mm-hmm. on, on these things. 
and um, possibly stuff that we wouldn't. Well, we we might push ourselves a little too far, and we might do something kind of kind of silly. So um, I said we need to have you guys need to be angels on the shoulder, um, mm-hmm. being like, hey, like, I'm like you can let them go almost up to the point of failure, and then be like, hey, maybe don't do that. That's that's the one safe. Or hey, you need some like a downstream containment, or you know, just I, I just didn't I wanted them to understand the. Especially with water rescue, it's it's um, well, they they're both very comfortable with it, but you know we have water rescue guys, and there's a scale, right? Just like firefighting, there's a scale of guys. There's there's brand new guys that just learn water just rescue, course, like and guys like Rob who've been in for a while who understand it more. Um, and it's very unforgiving. That yeah, environment. Right? yeah, yeah. It's it's relentless, right? You can't just say it. like it's not like a structure fire. You can walk out of the structure. If it's, you know, if you're, if you're feeling too hot, you can just like, if we're in the burn building, it's getting too hot for you. We can like literally just turn around, follow the line out and walk out and you're, and you're basically safe again. Yeah. Um, you can't call time out on water, (laughs) especially swift water. Um, so they agreed (laughs) and I, and you know, and the way Matt's personality is, he was not letting me. Yeah. Like not keeping me relaxed. He was like, no, I want to do that. Like like, he was purposely trying to work me out. For sure. Well, I'm used to Matt now, so it doesn't really work me up anymore. <laughs> so Matt, if you're listening, you don't work me up. <laughs> um, so anyway, ammo for next time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, they um, they planned it all. I didn't talk to him anymore really about it, other than you're doing this right because I just need to know for training wise. Yeah. So um, so practice night rolled around, and they just messaged me uh, about two hours before. Said, "Hey, we're not. We're, uh, Grant and I aren't going to come tonight. We're." Gonna be setting up a scenario, and we'll just page you out, like fake page you out. So okay, that's cool. So what they had is, um, um, because he has a teenage son mm-hmm. and daughters, but his teenage son seems to always get roped into these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got his teenage son and a couple of his buddies to come out. Um, he actually had three of uh, the teenage son and three of his buddies supposed to come out, and uh, actually only <clears throat> two of them. Only two of them came, came out. Came so there's actually yeah. only three of them all together. There's but before, and this will come. Um, this becomes a problem later on in the scenario or in the FTX. <laughs> it actually, it actually works out really well because it was more really quite realistic. Um, so, um, what, what they did, uh, is, uh, Matt and Grant, they had their PFDs on everything and they swam the, they swam these, these kind of kids out to different points of our river. Mm-hmm. And Matt swears it's a, uh, this is Rob's scenario that Rob I briefly, I briefly recall this conversation. <laughs> so Rob brought it up during the, your the, your Swiftwater course. Yeah, wouldn't it suck if if there was if people got scattered down the river? Because our river, I think we've talked about our river before. It's uh, it's it's not a it's not a hard river. It's not like a class four rapids, but it's a it's got a whole lot it's of strainers. It's got some challenges. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's like a really dirty like it's got trees everywhere and rocks and. And then uh, debris piles up on these little kind of islands that are in the stream. Um, so it's it's not a nice river to float down. But people think, because just north of us, there's this channel that yeah. people float down. And literally, it's a channel. Like, it's a straight channel. There's nothing that can perch it. And people still drown in that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that compared to what we have, it's like night and day. There's, mm-hmm. there's no real comparison to it other than it's the same water source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Our river is not designed for floating. It's designed just for water to come float down to float down. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so, um, the, the, Matt kind of like because we've had a fair number of water rescue calls, and so Matt and Grant have been on most of them, I think, over the over the years. Um, so they kind of know where 
things happen where we've seen problems before. So um, they've distributed these um, teenagers kind of along the the, the river, mm-hmm. but they're probably about a good half a mile apart, or half a kilometer apart. Yeah, like all together, the whole scene, uh, the whole scene was probably half a kilometer. I'd, I'd say, say about that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's kind of the start of the scenario. Um, we didn't know any of this, of course. Um, we got the fake page at about quarter to eight. Yeah. I think. I'd actually told them, I said, hey, we're done, because we, we did our safety briefing, and like our safety meeting about like the past week and all that kind of stuff, any new uh, comments and from the crew or anything like that. And then they kind of all looked at me, and I'm like, I'm not doing the, I'm not training, doing the training tonight. We're waiting for this to come in. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so. Um, kind of knowing who the guys were because we kind of pieced together like I told the officers who's running the running the FTX and keep calling that until it's a thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they kind of knew we knew it was either gonna, they knew it was either going to be water or ropes because that's kind of the, both these guys specialties of water or ropes it was 45 degrees out that bit 42 it was, it was 40s freaking hot high yeah. mid, or mid 40s <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hot enough to make you think we're going to be involved in water so, so over 100 <laughs> Fahrenheit so it's probably not a ropes day yeah <laughs> it's going to be a, probably a water day so most of the guys were kind of gearing that and I said you know what don't wear your turnout gear it's definitely not going to be a turnout gear kind of scenario um, I knew what the scenario was probably going to be but I didn't want to give it away so yeah. like I knew it was going to be a water scenario so I got all the guys in there kind of forestry Nomex gear and had their um, structural gear in the engine and wherever mm-hmm. ready to go, right? Fake page comes in. Um, one person on the river. One person lost in the river. Yeah. Um, it gave vague. It's very vague. It's one person it missing, or one person found, or one person seen on the river struggling. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and then someone was going to meet us on the path. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's our starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was our first year with our side by side, and, and kind of our new, our new procedure is um, side by side will go out first because it can go down the river fast um, the river like on our river we have a what's called a hike and bike trail so it's it's what eight feet wide of pavement about that yep. yeah um, and you can just drive on it yeah you can just drive on it with a truck um, it's pretty tight because there's trees mm-hmm. uh, in a truck or any apparatus you kind of have to go slow plus there's gates at either end that we have to stop unlock mm-hmm. kind of got to go slow down the, the, the thing um, mainly because there's trees and stuff and there's also people um, so it's kind of primed for the side by side so um, kind of because I knew what the scenario was I was kind of already at the side by side because <laughs> I really wanted to go on the side by side because <laughs> we, we had a, a call the other night on the side by side and it was awesome yeah, it was great um, nothing happened in the call but it was just mm-hmm. a great and run. it was on the river it was on the river so it was a great yeah. run on the side by side that night and I always wanted to do it one more time because knowing where I fall into the hall, like the distance from the hall, I'll probably not get on the side by side very often because I'm usually making first truck. Mm-hmm. And it's rare unless it's a water rescue that if, I guess, water rescue or maybe a call on the river is it's going to be a side. I'm, I'm not going to get on the side by side. It's usually going to yeah. be, I'm going to be in the engine. So, anyways, I got on the side by side um, and we ripped, um, we came up from the south. And you were in the rescue? Right? Yeah, I was on the rescue truck, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I kind of tagged a couple of the guys I knew had some water ability and said, you know, get on my truck. <laughs> and uh, we filled up and went from there. I think we had you in the bush truck. Yep. And can't remember what else behind us. I think the duty officer truck. 
yes. with us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you guys are coming from the south, and we came in from the north where yeah. the the bike trail ends, mm-hmm. and that's where we made access in there. Right, which um, is kind of our kind of our typical area where we made access in the past. Yeah, there's I mean there's a three different access points that we yeah. have. <clears throat> Depending on where our information is, yeah. all we all they had said on the radio was that uh, from the north, so yeah. that's why we came in that direction because obviously they're going to be flowing down from that that location. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got there. We got the gate open because we have a set of keys, and then I let the I let the duty truck and the bush truck go ahead of me because they're narrower. Oh, well, they're narrower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then. They could at least carry on down past us if they had to make contact with more patients because as we were responding out to the yeah. scene, more information was coming now that there may be multiple rescues. That was one of Because it was cool with the side by side because we, since we started from the south, we actually ran into, I guess it would be patient number three. So yeah. we found we found the guy as far as the south. So we found the guy farthest on the river first. Um, and side by side, and it was actually out of the corner of my eye. I happened to glance over and I see this kid sitting on a log. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, stop, stop, stop. So we stopped. And at first, because the scenario called for uh, when it came in, it's like you're going to meet somebody on the trail that's going to point to you where the where the patients right. are. And there's nobody meeting you. And there's nobody meeting me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, actually, it took it probably a good two, three minutes. Um, I was like, does this kid actually need rescuing? Because he's like waving at us. I'm like, this might actually be a rescue. I was about to call like, hey, like I was about to call like end exercise. We're freaking rescuing a kid. Yeah. Because there was nobody else around. I'm like, <laughs> so this kid's kind of sitting on a log, just chilling out. I'm like, uh. So I actually got Kevin. He got out because I have the earphones on for the side by side. We have a noise canceling headset. Um. So I'm like, Kevin, ask that kid if first of all, ask him who else he's with and blah blah blah. And, so he said, oh, and then kind of right away you could tell he wasn't, he, he kind of had a little script. Right. So we're like, okay, he, he's, this is part of the scenario. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, no, I, I'm with, uh, I got three, my three buddies or my four buddies got separated, whatever he said, and kind of gave us some other information. So then right away I got on the radio and I relayed it back. He said, all apparatus, we're looking for um, three other patients we have one, so we're looking for four patients total, because that's what the kid kept saying, four mm-hmm. patients total. So we're like, okay, four patients total. Mm-hmm. So that got related to you guys. And I yeah. think that by that time, you guys were actually coming down now the trail. I think we just got to the gate or made it through the gate when that yeah. information yeah. came to us. Matt was the first person that we came to, so he was kind of directing us that there was a patient in the water. Right. That's so our truck stopped, and I think you stopped. Yeah, we stopped as or well. Or did we all, all three trucks stop? I know you and I stopped for sure yeah. with our crew, and we hopped out. Um, I think made contact with the patient. Yeah. Uh, verbal, or at, at least I like got eyes on the patient. Yeah. And a plan was starting to come up. Yeah. So and, what was he doing, the patient? Because I, I that's one scene I didn't really see. I only saw the end of it when you had him on kind of almost on the shore. Well, the patient was on the other, uh, not the other side of the river, but. The island that's in that part of the river. A typical rescue island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's the first island you come to when right. you're coming down the river there, too. Um, so he was in the water holding on to something uh, about up to his shoulders or just above his shoulders of water. And I don't know who made 
visual contact first or who was checking on him. I jumped off the truck and I immediately was stripping down to get some water gear on right. as well as a couple other guys. And I think you were getting eyes on and a couple mm-hmm. other guys getting eyes on. Uh, I think you had a couple of guys off the bush truck start to roll down the path for downstream yeah, containment. Yeah, containment. Yeah, so I gave you two of my guys for containment, so yep. they went and grabbed PFDs right away, uh, a couple throw bags. They got themselves geared up, and they were going to be your uh, downstream containment. Yeah. I did keep uh, one of the guys with me. Yeah. Uh, so Glenn and myself stayed in the bush truck. Because um, at that time, you had quite a few. I think, I think Warren's crew did stop, because there was a a menagerie of people that were milling about. Menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> and because at that point I'm like, hey, like I know you have a patient, you have a patient, but we still have, like there's two more potential yeah. patients. And I knew you were south from us. Like at that point we didn't know what the gap was from you to us. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one thing, I think the first thing, second thing we asked him after we knew how many patients there were mm-hmm. on our guy in the south, we said, uh, I asked uh, Kevin, I said, did, ask him if anyone, if he saw any of his friends float past him. Right. And he specifically said, no, I'm the last guy. I, no one floated past me. Okay. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And so scenario-wise, or FTX-wise, we're like, yeah, okay. Um, they're probably not going to throw another curveball at us if there's somebody farther downstream. Right. Unless we can't find this other, like, these mm-hmm. other two patients. But um, he was pretty exact, like, no, no one floated by me. And I feel if someone's actually, like, if people got separated on the river... You probably you would, would, you probably page, would yeah. know you're the last guy. Thing, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, there's probably. I mean, nothing's 100 percent because because actually, the it turned out what he was sitting on was also a little island. So I mean, his buddy kind of floated. Could have easily washed out. Could have went side. on the other side. Yeah. But in this case, no. We were we were on the very south end. You guys were on the very north end, and there's yeah. mm-hmm. potentially two patients in the middle. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. So as far as our our scene, um, well, I was getting geared up. You wanted to continue down the the path to mm-hmm. look for some other patients. Left me whatever guys I had. Um, once we got geared up, I made sure I kept somebody with uh, eyes on making contact with her patient. Mm-hmm. Um, something that didn't really happen was a lot of good verbal contact with the patient. At least yelling across to find out how he's doing and mm-hmm. right. asking injuries or trying to get information. Um, and again, these are things we just we take away from these training oh, yeah. scenarios yeah. And, yeah. and remember for next time. Um, so we were getting set up. I had uh, Josiah, myself, and Gus. We PFD'd up and grabbed a line across bag. Gus ended up being my swimmer to go across. Um, and in, in my talks afterwards with Matt, he said what we should have done is just Get somebody across there fast, find out about the patient, find out injuries, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but we took a little bit more time getting set up and coming up with our plan, which he tethered in and swam across with a line across bag, uh, made contact with the patient, found out how he was. Another thing we failed to do, and, and it was just, I think it was just not having enough of the resources. I think we ended up having some PFDs left over but we didn't take a PFD across for our patient. Right. So uh, Matt was saying to me afterward, because that was his kid that we rescued, Matt was a little bit, or Sam was a little bit scared afterwards because yeah. um, he didn't have a PFD. We pendulumed back across, yeah. tried to do a vector back over mm-hmm. to the other side of the river, 
and a little bit of a water wall over their head. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit of that, but also just because I didn't get enough t- time to survey the scene as the the officer on that scene, um, where they came across. If I'd had a better time to look, I'd have seen there was actually a hazard below them where oh. there was a strainer. Um, so uh, Gus managed to get Sam across. Sam was able to grab onto something shoreside, river right, 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 right. and hold on to something. Gus got his got some footing and and was, pulled his blowout because there was just too much pressure with that tether on him. So right. he pulled that, got off to the side. Right. From there, we checked on the That's patient who said he had a leg injury. Yeah. Um, probably been in the water for a while. So in a well, probably even this scenario, but on real life, probably dealing with some hypothermia now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a backboard down. Got him strapped in up to the path side, and then started doing our our medical from there. Yeah, and uh, you know that's what we did to get our patient out. Mm-hmm. And so then you guys went down a little farther. <laughs> yeah, so that's where we found patient two, I guess, three. or three. Sorry, so three, um, and um, Warren and the crew in the duty truck were making contact with the patient at that point. Um, he had... Uh, he had no injuries. There was no injuries was to that guy. Spot. He was just in a bad spot. Yeah. Uh, no, that guy, uh, consciousness was oh, was yeah. the problem. Because Warren, at that point, was calling um, for added resources from your team, which I think we ended up getting Gus at some point. <laughs> After the rescue. Um, after the rescue was yeah. completed. After the yes. rescue, yeah. So I got to pull the river and I got to swim everywhere. There. Yeah, so once that was completed, uh, Gus was able to peel down to us there. Because um, uh, he he didn't have a heck of a lot of resources on on that portion of it. Um, I think he had two swimmers at that point, himself excluded. Uh, but we were starving for PFDs. Right. Yeah. So by the time that we had your rescue, patient three rescue, yeah. people staying at patient one, yeah. everybody, and like trying to do a couple things simultaneously, I mean, you're blowing through gear fast, yeah. right? Yeah. I was going to treat like a medical and start tri- triaging. Well, that's kind of what, what I was doing because I, I was kind of thinking myself as, uh, I was like the scout because of the freaking vehicle I was in. Yeah. So, I was radioing, like, because the guy we found, he was sitting on a lock. So I'm like, okay. And I was talking to my guys in the truck, because I had one I had one swimmer with me in a, in a season guy, so Kevin. So like, hey, like, Kevin, tell the guy not to get off the log. <laughs> Sit there, because he, he was in a nice eddy, yeah. sitting on a log, mm-hmm. totally fine, getting eaten by mosquitoes, but, yeah. like, in real life, he was getting eaten by mosquitoes. So yeah. uh, I said, just tell him to stay there. So I radioed these guys up the stream, and I said, hey, hey this guy's, like, low priority. Like, he's, like, last... Whatever we, whatever happens, he'll be one of, probably one of our last. Yeah. I don't know what was happening upstream, um, but when I did, we, we finally, after we, we left one person to watch, because you know, once you make contact with the patient, you don't want to lose contact. That's right. Yeah. So we gave Kevin my, uh, a spare radio, and um, he waited there. And I think I actually diverted um, an engine and Bob down to uh, the road I was on. So then I actually took on took off upstream with the side-by-side and one of our, and our driver, and uh, that was hard because we were. I mean, it was good. I had my. I had to have my earbud or my my uh, my headphone headphone half off because we're we'd honk the air horn and then call because we had we by this time we got the names of the other patients so we're honking the air horn calling the patient's name and then we're like 
and the river is kind of like there's a bunch of bushes and then there's a little opening and a bunch of bushes and a little opening so literally the kid could be anywhere in the bushes that we yeah. wouldn't be able to see so we you know I'd, I don't think I'd hop out yet because we were still kind of actively searching mm-hmm. so it was like a, kind of a primary search I guess mm-hmm. so we drove upstream and found uh, you guys yeah. and noticed that they had another patient and I think about as we're coming around the corner you guys said we had the you had a third patient mm-hmm. so quickly got out talked to Warren um, looked um, they had a uh, I dropped one of my swimmers off of them so I dropped Mike yeah. who's my strong swimmer off um, so I said, Warren, you take Mike. Um, my patient down there does not need a does not need a rescue yet. He'll be last. He's a low priority. Yeah. So, um, and then we still have to find the fourth guy. So because we're in the side by side, I was like, I'll just keep, I'll just keep the side by side going. Agile, quick to, yeah. yeah. So sure. we actually went back down south. Now we're doing more kind of secondary search, more thorough. Like we drive, stop, get out, look down the river, call the name, drive, stop, get out, look. Um, we, and we made it all the way back down to the south patient without finding anybody. So it's like, okay. And by this time, um, the chief had sent another truck, uh, one of the engines rubbed. He sent the engine around to another road on the opposite side of the river that he believed would dump out to our patient, our first patient, the south patient. Um, and I think the guys could have rescued the guy from that end. And actually, Matt kind of alluded to it later. He said that was actually what I was hoping you guys would do. Um, but it's hard when you don't when you when you're just kind of dumped in the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they went down this road. Um, one of our water rescue guys got out. He could see kind of the island the kid was on, but he wasn't sure exactly where he was, and wasn't sure how thick it was. And because some of those islands, you start just bushwhacking through. I mean, you're getting you're getting snagged up in trees, poison oh, yeah. ivy. It's thick. Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to imagine guys getting totally uh, like laced with poison ivy on a rescue on a, on a <laughs> scenario night, not a yeah. FTX yeah. night. <laughs> so uh, you know. Yeah, I can see or that. Or our volunteer. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that would, in a real in a real world scenario, we probably would have pushed that that a little deeper. And now that we know it's there, mm-hmm. I think that would be the move if a kid was ever trapped on an island. And it's an easy, it's it's easy. Point, right? Yeah, it's a super easy yeah. area to spot. It's like um, basically where two roads intersect. And the only thing stopping that intersection is the, is the river and it's an the island. island. Yeah. So we know that island now is accessible mm-hmm. from both sides, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't know at the time, so almost over there in the fall, yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. schwack in a trail, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about before. Uh, I remember years ago we talked about actually helicoptering in some of those um, those big cement blocks, yeah, for anchor points, mm-hmm. <laughs> dropping them on these islands, and like doing some bushwhacking because the go place these people are getting trapped on these specific islands. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, it's not like we don't know they're gonna get stuck. <laughs> it's kind of like that's where people get deposited. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> we just haven't, and it'll grow back. We have to go back every year. It'd be a big pain in the ass. Leave them, sure. leave them a little new floaty and yeah. to inflate and self-rescue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, make them a flare to shoot off. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we didn't find our, our, so now we're looking for the fourth patient. So we started driving back upstream past you guys again. Mm-hmm. You guys are now affecting the rescue. We drive past you. We, that's when I ran into Rob's crew and you were just, you just had Sam at the shore. Yeah. And I was like, "What do you need?" And, and you need to get him up off the off the water. So I ran over and grabbed the um, basket stretcher. I had it to somebody. Bailey. Backboard. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, the clamshell. Clamshell. So I handed the, the I handed Bailey or one of the younger guys and a clamshell. And I said, "Go oh, give us to Rob." Yeah. And then I saw you had lots of guys. So um, I think Adam is down there with you. So I yeah. grabbed, after you got him up, I grabbed Adam, who's my driver, and we started going north. 
and we start doing now we're looking for this fourth patient like crazy we're like, <laughs> where's this fourth patient uh, and we get up to like basically the bridge oh no we i came back and i asked the patient that you had i said where did you guys start from because i actually didn't know where they start right and he said we started at the bridge i was like okay so now we have a starting point because if he didn't start, if he said, oh, we started up at the dam, that would be another kilometer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, crap, I hope it's not the dam because we're now, we're, I don't know, we can't get the side by side in half the places there. That's it's right. Just, like, there's no trail at all. Yeah. But he said at the bridge. So like, sweet. So that's only another quarter of a mile up or less. Kind of. So we start driving up, doing like stop, call, stop, call. And then probably about 100 feet away from the bridge, we got a, a radio call from dispatch. Oh, the kid has managed to get to someone's house and the RCMP are with him now. Yeah. We're like, perfect. So there was never actually a fourth patient. And, and actually the story is they, they had four yeah. patients and at the last minute this kid kind of didn't want to come. He was getting like kind of nervous. So he, he just said, I don't, I don't want to come tonight. I don't want to help you guys. So he, <laughs> he abandoned them. But by him leaving, actually it made for, that made the cert, like that made more of a realistic scenario. Yeah. Um, it also tied up two of our resources, it tied up Adam and I, Mm-hmm. For and and you guys for a little yeah, while, us for a, a bit, yeah. Because yeah. we're still like, yeah, we're triaging, but it's hard to triage when you don't know what the last patient looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So like, is this guy like underwater or like like mm-hmm. what, what are we doing? Like, where is he? And then just before that fake radio call came in, I actually started thinking, okay, once we affect all these rescues, I'm gonna grab a couple swimmers, like a couple of our strong swimmers, and start them at the bridge and just have them float down the river. And yeah, f- and then keep, like float down and look. Where we're, we're like looking places we can't see from the shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I brought that up. Um, it was after you guys were done, and like the Warrens rescue. So yeah. the three, two, three, um, was starting to get actioned. Um, I was like, "Who else do we have left as swimmers?" And like, Why? I'm like, "Well, again, like not being a river guy." Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if this is like. Like, would you do this? I'm like, I think I was saying to speed. I was like, if we got guys left over and we can't fi- find this guy, why don't we blow a couple guys right upstream, throw them in, and float them down? Yeah, float them down. And, and you know, and I don't know if we practiced that before, but we have done. We do combat swims and we do river swims. Yep. So it's not something we don't not do. Like we don't not swim down the river in the summertime in right. our gear. And it's actually a good practice, I think. And I mentioned to Matt. He goes, No, he goes, That's totally what you guys should yep. do. Um, and we were actually about to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know you had that plan either, but yeah, I was, I was gonna, if, if we got to the bridge and we didn't find any, I was gonna come back and grab, because yeah, I knew you guys were almost done. Yeah. Um, but then we tried, so anyways, this call comes in, the kid's safe. Okay. Yeah. So now we're free, so we start coming back. So now we knew we had all three patients. Um, one was already saved, because I knew one, I knew Sam was already on the, on the um, road, uh-huh. getting um, fixed. I was going to say getting repaired. <laughs> getting medical done on them. Um, I was hearing that you guys are basically your patients was out now. Yeah. So we drove down because now it's like, okay, the third patient now we can start worrying about him even though he's not, he's low priority. We still have to get him back. Yeah. Um, the island thing didn't work out. So we're now, we're, and we know we're going to have to swim. So mm. uh, we drove back down side by side, grabbed a couple more swimmers from, I think you guys, because you guys didn't need swimmers anymore. Yeah. So I think I grabbed a couple of your resources. And we drove south, um, back to the kind of the original area, and now a menagerie, <laughs> I should say, was was back south. Um, so we started gathering resources, 
But then we heard the your patient needed, or the ambulance made a call, said they couldn't come down the river, which yeah. was kind of weird. The ambulance would come down the river; they've done it lots <laughs> of times. Yeah. Um, but the ambulance said, "Oh, uh, you guys need to move this patient into an area where we can pick him up." Mm-hmm. And we don't do transport, but in mm-hmm. in life over limb or you know whatever we want to call it, we could, we would do that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, part of the extrication. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Um, so we drove back with the side by side. It was actually funny because we drove back to the side by side, and I thought he was sick. I didn't because I didn't ask Rob what his injuries were. I heard he had an injured leg, but I thought the way he was laying there, I thought I thought I saw somebody had C spine on. I'm like, well, that's not. I was gonna fit this thing because <laughs> it's a side by side. I'm like, where's where are we gonna put him? <laughs> and then we were having a discussion, and I think you guys were gonna put him in the rescue truck at one point and like, yeah. back up, and then. Uh, a couple of guys was like, well, I can't put him in the side by side. I'm like, well, how bad off is he? And Rob's like, no, he just has a busted leg or like an injured leg. I'm like, oh, okay. So then we're like, okay, let's put him in the back of the side by side. So we literally had him in the back of the side by side. His leg was sticking out. I was holding on to the door so I wouldn't slam on his leg because <laughs> we have suicide doors on the rear doors. So I'm holding on to the suicide door. His leg's like sticking out. <laughs> and then we slowly drove up, uh, up river to the bridge. And so you know, and then we got to the bridge, and EHS was there. They weren't there, but we said they were there. And I radioed, "Yeah, he's with care of EHS." And I said, "Sam, get your leg back in." I slammed the door, and he turned around and came back. <laughs> so he's magically healed. Um, and now we got back. To, so now basically everybody's gathered at almost yeah. everybody. I think you guys were still looking for something or trying to find gathered gear. Uh, we were looking for kids' glasses. Look, kids' glasses and gathering gear. Yeah. So majority of the crew is now on the south end so basically our first patient we found is now our last patient to be rescued um, and you know it was kind of our standard like a swim across I think first swimmer had an issue he didn't quite make it and then he actually ended up getting wrapped up a little bit in rope mm-hmm. um, almost had to cut away mm-hmm. um, but didn't and yeah um, so he he made it back so it just goes to show you even in a, in a training exercise it's you know the river's not because right. you had an issue, or you had an issue with uh, Gus had to do a, yeah. almost a blowout. Um, you know, it's not a like the river's not safe. <laughs> it's not <laughs> no. safe. So um, the second swimmer actually Gus again mm-hmm. swam across. Um, and then we, then they, the the plan was to get the swimmer across and do a throw bag, and I'm like, that's a pretty long distance for a throw bag. So we had one of our younger guys, and we were all kind of. You think you're gonna make this in one throw? I'm like, you're making it halfway tops. And I'm like, I'm getting my camera out. I'm like, mm, you're not gonna make it. First throw, boom. Oh, it was money. Yeah, yeah. Guys had, guys had to come out a little bit in the water and grab it, but he, he made it. Um, mm-hmm. So we tied two throw bags together and pendulum back in, and third patient was uh, rescued. Yeah. Um. So the whole the whole scenario probably took an hour. Yeah, I think from Page out to to the last patient up on the shore was about so pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I I I was talking to Matt afterwards, Matt and Grant, and of course when you when you're the one that plans the exercise, you have the perfect scenario. You have a vision in your head of how it's going to look. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I remember when I first start first planning these exercises for our crews, I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Of course they're going to do this. They're not going to do that. And I'm like, it's going to go just like this. And I remember the first couple, I'm like. Well, that's not what happened. These guys are idiots. Morons. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Yeah. This isn't how we train it. And I get all mad. And then I, then I started like realizing, did, did the job get done? Yes. Was it exactly how I envisioned it or how we trained it? No. The job got done. They improvised. They did this. Um, and that's why we train. Because then um, we have a debrief and we discuss, hey, what, what could have been done better? 
So, you know, Matt was kind of, Matt and Grant were both kind of, wow, it's kind of a dong show. I'm like, well, that was a pretty hard scenario. Because you essentially gave us three water rescues. Yeah. And if you, you know, we can handle one water rescue just fine with mm-hmm. three patients in one area. Sure. That's pretty easy. Because we have 10 PFDs, 10 or 12 guys that are trained yeah. in swimming, and another 12 guys that are shore-based swimmers, or shore-based rescue. Mm-hmm. But when you take all those 12 guys and now you piece them out over three scenarios, over three things, and take two of your other guys who are now looking for a patient <laughs> that is yeah. non-existent, mm-hmm. you've taken away all these resources that we learned. And the two guys planning it were our two strongest oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, the two guys planning it are strong strongest Jay swimmers. wasn't available because yeah. he was working late. So our other officer, Jay, yeah. who's also, also a very a strong, strong, strong yeah. swimmer, so we was were, busy that night working. So <laughs> we were down to, um, I think I'd say you, Gus, and Mike are probably our like underneath Grant and yeah. and um, Matt. Matt, you guys are probably the next strongest. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. there was only we only had like three super strong yeah. water rescue guys and three <laughs> three different newer newer yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, no, no, in three different scenarios we had oh, to try to rescue scenarios. Somebody. Yeah, and that's super realistic. Like as soon as you get multiple people in the water and you have to stretch those those resources oh, yeah. out like that, like. Man, you, you never know, right? Because like, mm-hmm. Matt said he was kind of annoyed that it took so long to rescue the third patient. I said, well, what? Yeah, like, but it was the most party. And I said, well, I was in, we were in no rush to rescue him at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I was just surprised. I'm like, well, we had no resources. But that's, that's the same as yeah. any, any triage. It's the same as the MBI, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Just with, with your like, he was agreed. Like, he was like, yeah. And the triage, me, that, that kid was agreed. Yeah. Um, I'd say there was two reds up north. Um, oh, yeah. Because if you yeah. toss between, like, because we were discussing this afterwards about kind of the triage. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at Rob's guy. Rob's guy was in a fairly stable spot, but he had a busted leg, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was starting to go under. I think at one point he was starting to have issues. Yeah. Stay afloat. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to float away, but he's probably uh, going to shock and um, uh, losing heat. Has mm-hmm. has a leg injury, so he's in that triaging area. Well, the other kid that was down below. He wasn't really in any injury. He had no injuries, yeah. but he had uh, reduced uh, LOC, so yeah. he's like kind of wonky. And he's literally like, his foot is wedged against a log, and there's like water rolling over his head, and yeah. downstream was a whole bunch of like, I, I was like, oh. Yeah, he was, <laughs> was like, in the worst I thinking, position. I thought we had this discussion, Matt, to make it safe. Because <laughs> the kid could have got washed into some strainers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was probably... That was pretty sketchy. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, it was sketchy, but I, I think I think that that kid was actually pretty strong. I think kid. he was like, a fairly strong swimmer Like, I think that. he could have got out. I think he could have probably just uh, deeped to, to one side and would have yeah. been on a log. It would have been mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, when you first thought you're like, oh, Jesus. If it was a real rescue where somebody yeah. was... So he like, panicking, doesn't know how to swim. As, you're try- as our actor yeah. is trying to present... Yeah. Uh, that was a uh, it was the number one rescue in, in my mind yeah so it was a toss up between the or two one right? and, yeah. One yeah. And yeah. One so I think they were both they were both be like reds yeah. yeah and then the other guy missing I'm like I don't know where he is um, last part yeah. he's almost yeah. a he's almost a black because he might be brown <laughs> he's not answering yeah, yeah. or he might be a green which walking up to someone's house mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's kind of on the scale on either end so yeah. we're looking for them, but we don't. We're not committing twenty guys to look for. Yeah, them. concentrate yeah. on the yeah. people that you can rescue. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. were a, there were a couple of. I got a chance to talk to Matt yesterday. A couple of not concerns, but critiques and and things that maybe we didn't think of that we'll we'll discuss another time. 
Um, one being so when we got to our scene, the, um, the I mean, I didn't get a chance to do a good scene survey. And when you took off, that kind mm-hmm. of took you and a couple other guys. And I think I was still getting my boots and my PFD done up. And I yeah. think what we should have done is held off on you disappearing a little mm-hmm. uh, too quick so that I could get a chance to get eyes on or at least somebody doing a scene survey and saying, hey, look, we got this strainer down here. Mm-hmm. That's a concern. If you pendulum across this way, is potential for him to get trapped in there. Yeah. Um, which I just didn't get enough time to do that. Right. Um, and also the fact that we went across the river and didn't take a PFD for our patient. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, and, and we ended up with two PFDs extra. I thought they right, had right. got taken off the right. truck for another scene, for another yeah. call. So, um, you know, that was that was that. Just having a little bit more, and, and I could have used an extra hand or two as well, just for keeping an eye on our on our guys, or even having another swimmer just in case because our our patient came across without a PFD. If for whatever reason we lost contact, I need to have somebody else to make quick contact with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that patient again. Yeah. So there was that. Um, in regards to him having a leg injury. Uh, getting our swimmer across the water quickly to assess that patient. Uh, Matt brought up a good point. What if that patient had a branch through the leg? Yeah. Right? So now what do you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, all our stuff is in a medical kit back on the truck. Yeah, make that patient contact quickly and early assessment and relay your resources so there was Mm -hmm. talk about okay well then what resources do you need out of that kit what do you what do you need to do to stabilize the patient Um, send the whole kit over (laughs) you need the whole kit over there Mm -hmm. that Um, adds a whole new complex rescue well I mean you tie you know you tie a knot in the middle and send it over the blind well I was talking about it's a penalty case it's waterproof (laughs) Matt was saying too he's got uh, he's got a dry bag so if you've got a dry bag you can throw uh, some splints, some gauze, yeah. some bandages, stuff to wrap and stabilize. <laughs> like if it was a long a tourniquet, even that. Mm-hmm. But if it was a long piece of stick through the through the leg, I mean, you may even need a pair of shears to yeah. cut that thing down to yeah. size so that you can yeah. better stabilize yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there and was maybe, that. And maybe take him in a different way because you know that's pretty rapid. Um, we might have to take him. You may him. you may have to heli him. Yeah, yeah, line him out. Yeah. So there was that talk about that patient there or not. Um, the other thing I wouldn't mind seeing too is since our rescue truck um, was tied up, it's got our rope stuff on it, it's got our auto X stuff. Rather than that truck being tied up now with minimal manpower and now being resourced on this river rescue, if we took where um, we had kind of a, could have had a staging area. Yeah. And the handy thing with having that side by side now, it could be actually actually our running resources up and down the river, yeah. mm-hmm. have our truck station staged at the park rail area, yeah. and Bob could be there with his whiteboard gathering information. Okay, right. patient one, scene whatever, patient two. You've now you can kind of color code. Now you know which resource or which ambulance gets first priority on what patient. Yeah. I think we could have easily sent a, a bush truck in. And the side by side, side by side, and, and yeah. it would have done because the rescue truck, yeah, it is definitely obnoxious. Like it's yeah. just, it's just this big hunk of yeah. iron sitting in the middle of the trail. Because even yeah. with the side by side, we had to like almost go in the ditch to get around, get around. it. 
Yeah, you guys could have. We would not have been able to. Yeah, you guys are not able no. to. Um, and that was asked to drive out, and yeah, I'm thinking yeah for next time because we will have another water rescue in that area. Um, is to park at that park rail. Yeah, mm-hmm. and do just like what you said. Just yeah. run the run the PFDs and your rescuers. Yeah. Run your your yeah. your long lines yeah. down. Because I mean, the side by side has two PFDs and some throw bags in it for scene stabilization. Just like Matt, Matt was saying, mm-hmm. initial patient contacts so out, stabilize the scene, and then start gathering resources. Right. Um, Even if you haven't made, if you know there's X amount of patients, the first one you come across, kick, get out, you're making contact yeah. with that. Yeah. Or at least make sure everybody that's getting out has a radio or something because yeah. mm-hmm. then you can start Which is what we did. categorizing yeah. and yeah. running patient or uh, resources to each station. So I'd like to almost make a, not a SOG because... I don't like having those, but almost like a kind of a procedure for any river rescue is um, rescue truck should go to park rail, um, bush truck should go north on the bridge, and yeah. then side by side can keep south. Yeah, it's basically just a pre-established um, kind of rescue action plan, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. because if you know you got choke points, which is that narrow road, which is right there, is okay. Well, if we get anything in this area, this is our staging point. This is how we're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, roughly run it and mm-hmm. get everybody in that mindset, right? Yeah. And it changes here because of the side by side, basically. It's, yeah, it's changed because the side by side is actually a, a lot really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and with the bush the truck, res- you easily duck off to the side and get the side by side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with the resources that are on the rescue truck as well, as long as we've got the ropes, the PFDs, and say medical, that truck isn't tied up to anything, it's not being anchored off of. Uh, should some other incident happen, mm-hmm. yeah. that truck can still take off, and we've got. Hopefully the tools we need to to get what rescues we need done. Yeah, sure. I think like look, you know looking back after chatting a bit with Matt and Grant as well, and um, I think they wanted to make a complex sim, which I think they did a really good yeah. good good job of. Um, they wanted to make the officer group like stressed. Yeah. Um, by depleting our resources, by you know stretching it out over mm-hmm. a kilometer mm-hmm. or whatever it was, um, I think they did a really nice job there. And I think like for us, you know, looking back, and like Rob kind of hit on it there as well. Like, like I assumed that you were taking command of that scene. Yeah. Right. I was unaware that you had intentions of swimming, or at least being in on the scene. Yeah. Right. So like our verbal back back and forth wasn't good didn't happen right so that's on that's on me that's on us right and then like when I got down to the next scene I noticed okay now Warren shows up and now Speedy shows up so we've got an abundance that's already there Um, you know between Warren Speedy and myself um, we're almost over over we're over commanded Mm -hmm. right but we didn't have a lot of manpower yet so like like we were all kind of like hands on up on the shore, but again, like there's too much of it. So, like if we could have dropped one person, so Bob, maybe as I see, you know, at well, he was uh, down with me. He was down at the, so third, he, the first. He was patient. down at the first patient, yeah. and that's kind of where he set up his command, and um, that was good. So yeah. we stayed there, yeah, right? Stayed there. Um, but between Speedy, myself, and I guess Warren, we easily could have taken that point. Like which which rescue one of us could have dropped and stayed um and again like i think going going back to it uh if if i would have known that you were 
like actively going to be involved in the rescue because there was a lot of people and then I guess people then kept wasn't. disappearing <laughs> away right yeah. I was trying to bolster your resources and I guess people kept getting stripped back yeah. right? but there's also a lot of people but only we only have a limited amount of swimmers exactly so right? in a case like that yeah I mean what three two of our officers are two of our officers are crew on the swift water and then and then there's a couple of us that are trained but not yeah, I'm not certified. Not certified. I can still jump in the river yeah. if I need to, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, having the officers um, not detach is hard. But yes, again, when you're limited on resources, you have to you have to, you have to jump in. Yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. if you don't, no one's gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and that's one of the points Matt got on me too was that he saw he saw me starting to get sucked into yeah. coming up with a plan and and wanting to initiate the rescue when I should have pulled myself back and said, hey guys, set this up mm-hmm. and still have an overall view of what was going right. on. Yeah, right. Yeah, but again, that's a, that's a hard scenario when it's stretched out that long. Like you need your initial incident command post and those columns, but then now you mm-hmm. need manpower. Now you need yeah. these kind of north division, south division, these team leads yeah. that yeah. are gonna be in command for that rescue mm-hmm. action plan, but but, but looking at that one road, that park rail, as we call it, um, well, that's what it's called, um, that is a, a really great staging point. Um, lots of turnaround spots for the ambulance, um, lots of areas for um, resources to gather, police if needed, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, and it's kind of right in the middle of the, of the shit show of, yeah. the, of, that, of those islands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bridge, um, having that as a staging area, it's too hard. It's right on the highway. It's too much traffic. Yeah. There's, oh, there's yeah. too much traffic. There's no good pull-off points. Yeah. Um, and then when you do pull off, now you're committed into the hike and bike. Yeah, um, I I think you're onto something with that. Like we should stage yeah. at that park rail and then have the side by side, center from the south, bush truck from the north. Yeah. Um, if we needed to put the duty truck in there too, um, if we needed to, but mm-hmm. even then I think it would be almost too much. Um, yeah. Keep the command vehicle out of there, um, mm-hmm. and just keep the IC at that park rail and yeah. have resources. Yeah. Um, you know, have all EHS everybody meet there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a SAR everybody that comes in. Because the other thing is, like, we we fake called SAR because we, you know, um, but now search and rescue starts showing up and now they're driving in with their with their truck. Yeah. If things yeah. go south and this turns into a resuscitation yeah. and now you have the ambulance down the trail, mm-hmm. then the ambulance needs to leave that trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depending yeah. on how many yeah. so, resources you got now. You know, we've been, we've been lucky, but yeah, driving that rescue truck in there is basically like we're putting them, we're putting them down on the road. Putting a stop <laughs> yeah. on it, yeah. yeah. Having a couple pickup trucks in there, no problem, because they can drive off in the, in the weeds yeah, a little you bit. Can you can't drive a rescue truck off. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we just need to discuss it at an officer level and then mm-hmm. at, a, at a crew level. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, but good, I, it was a good sim, though. Uh, there's lots of takeaways and things that should something like this happen in real time mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll have a better understanding of what we need to make happen. Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's the whole point of that, right? The two best things that, like, I saw there was a, we got it done. Right. We got it done. I don't want to say loose and fast, but like, it definitely wasn't like it was methodical. Where yeah. there was triaging, and we knew which ones had to happen quicker than you know slower. Um, was it like by the book, no. everything perfect? No, no, because you couldn't. There, yeah. there was like literally not not enough. Uh, resources yeah. to do it so it was 
to the best of the ability with the resources that were provided. Um, so I think that was great. Um, nothing was unsafe, but could you have done better if you had more? Yes. Uh, and then the other like big check mark for me is it's you know every time that we have something like this um, and like all of our other trainings, we we try to make it this big elaborate shit show, and then you can learn from it. Yeah. So we have a lot of things that we can now take back and discuss and work on these these you know new um, not SOGs but these uh, new procedures that, that we like can now yeah, yeah that we can now demo right yeah. so a lot of awesome learning points there yeah because when these exercises go perfectly so I can't remember when one actually <laughs> went perfectly yeah yeah they, they usually don't but like if if one was to go perfectly we would actually probably learn nothing. We'd yeah. like pat ourselves, yeah. we'd break our arm, pat ourselves on the back, going how awesome we are. <laughs> and then we'd be like, sweet. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. All. Yeah. Um, there'd be like zero discussion other than, way to go, everybody. You guys are all cool. Yeah. Versus when when stuff goes kind of wrong, <laughs> not mm-hmm. ideal, then we can have these discussions. The other, yeah. the other thing I think about, too, from that sim is um, comms and comm traffic. There was a lot of comms and comm traffic, um, and I thought it was pretty clear actually. But I I found a f- first thing was is I put my radio down. Yeah, when I was gonna I say was how do you know? You're, you're not radio with it. When I was <laughs> when I was doing when I was doing some of the rescue stuff, so yeah. I didn't know what was going on with the other scenes and. I really don't need to because I was busy with mine. Well, I think it's important to you because mm-hmm. you need but, to know. Because I think you knowing that there's other scenes that maybe you're a priority over yours, which probably yeah, wasn't. sure that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I but think at least the other, equal priority. Yeah. But I think with the ability to ask for things, and there was a lot of there's a lot of talking back and forth about the other scenes and not getting a chance to come over on the radio and say, because right. all all Matt was looking for me to do at that point was have you called an ambulance. I said, well, yeah, we asked for an ambulance on our way to the scene. Yeah, but did you ask for an ambulance here yeah. at right at this scene? Mm-hmm. No. Right. We'll do that. And then there was some back and forth conversation, and I never got a chance yeah. to to chime in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think for that, it's it's just going to be because well, when you have three scenes going on, like like everything we were saying, I don't think there was any, I don't think there was any like needless like useless banter. Like yeah. everything that was brought up was no, was and I don't need any useless yeah. information, but just the chance to be able to come over the comms and say, "I need an ambulance. This is my patient." I think sure. the big thing is that there's that break, break, break thing. Um, that yeah, that or doing. even yeah. uh, even uh, a second radio scene, yeah. scene Rob yeah. on attack, uh, right? You know, I know we've talked about the second radio thing. I'm still not sold on it 100 percent because because then I have to be on a. Because me as a scout guy, I have to be like, okay, I need two radios, and I already gave one radio to Kevin because he was he was watching a patient. So now I have one radio. So now I have to be like, okay, what channels robot? But if I'm only relaying information to command, yeah, mm-hmm. for my patient condition and mm-hmm. what I need, then he's got the other radio. Say, okay, just on this main channel. Yeah, maybe there's only two channels. Because then the other challenge is because we had three scenes, so we we had two chat channels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it's, depends too because to... of the level of uh, yeah. uh, priority on your patient too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, in the grand of things, did, did you need the ambulance that second? No. It, was, it felt it felt like you needed the ambulance <laughs> that second because Matt was 
on you. <laughs> but you had a blanket on him, I think. Or you, we had a blanket on him. We had a blanket on him. You know, he would stabilize his injury. Yeah. Um, you know, extra two minutes. <laughs> and again, we weren't really, yeah. it wasn't really, a, okay, this is your patient. This is his yeah. level of consciousness. Yeah. This is his breathing pulse. This, that. It was just, okay, what next? What do yeah. you need to do now? Mm-hmm. Right, so it was just those types of. Because I think with our resources, we we did all need to be, uh, like, if it was relayed through command, I don't think it would have been relayed back to us. Right. Like, if you said, "Hey, I needed uh, whatever here," I don't think it would have been. I don't think I would have known that was going on. Right. And I wouldn't know the urgency of your. Whereas, if I can hear everything that's going on, like I, I'm like, okay, Rob needs the ambulance because I wouldn't have came and helped you if I didn't know that you needed a transport because I wouldn't right. have heard that. So I don't know. Uh, it's always I, like the radio thing always becomes. A, well, that's a, that's a tough one though because it's not your traditional scene. Like you, no. you, you yeah. have to have three scenes in a longer mm-hmm. stretch. Yeah. yeah. So to have one overall IC, I get it, but also those are three very different dynamic environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you could in a perfect world, you could say, okay, well, we have to put the one IC. You know, and then we're going to be on a second tack channel yeah. uh, for the operations. You know, this and that. However, you still need that other presence of each scene as a team yeah. leader or a command, if you will. Even though yeah. we know there's only one command, but well, you can kind of hear presence. like on that one because we needed resources pulled from things. It's like when when one when one group is done, we could hear they were done. Okay, now we have four yeah. more guys, which which yeah. would work in the command, right? Yeah. Because then if You've so you've triaged, triaged, okay. Got patient one, two, and three, okay, in whatever order. Um, command, yeah, patient one is dealt with, okay. Now we're going to patient three, uh, yeah. as the second priority, or whatever, maybe, right? But again, we mm-hmm. sit in quarterback every yeah, it's always, uh, yeah. I don't know we go back and forth on these multiple radio channel things, and I'm still not. <laughs> So it's a lot of I don't yeah. you know what I don't think I'd bring it up yeah. much that's no, the only I, time I'm not even not even about the scene I'm thinking about even for wildland and stuff I'm like I don't even think on wildland like I just like that kind of call when there's three different patients and three different rescues going on where maybe there's going to be a lot of calm traffic yeah. as far as that I'm just thinking maybe another channel but Again, that's getting yeah. relayed through command, and you know, and I don't know if there was a like I'm thinking in, in a wildfire now. There's a whole lot more calm traffic than there is on that because that was like, like you're not telling me step by step what's happening in your rescue. That's right. No, you're literally just saying, okay, we got to swim in the water. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, the patient's rescued, and then same as you. Like I heard the patient was on the shore. Okay. I'm I'm on the radio a fair amount because I'm like we're um okay this is uh because I'm I'm trying to update you guys on how many patients I think there are I found out their names there was all that kind of stuff um, yeah or search I don't know whereas I'm thinking now on a wildfire when we're having multiple channels running there's a lot more like because now like we're in danger because you know it sucks to be a patient but once the patient's rescued it's not. Uh, He's not my emergency anymore. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not in danger anymore. He's now just needs to be fixed. No. Yeah. But he's not really, like, there's, there's no, like, urgency in our voices anymore. Whereas in a wildfire, if we're getting surrounded and and now we're all chattering, that's, now maybe that's where that, I don't know. But then if, if we have two radio channels going, <laughs> then something might get missed because we, 
I meant to call you, and you didn't hear me because I had to relay it through command first, who now has to play the telephone game to tell you. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't think it is as urgent as I, mean, I think really, it is. And, really, the only <laughs> purpose of the two channels is to clear up operations and then calms the dispatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting talked over. When oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, and yeah. We, we always have that dispatch channel, right, that we yeah. can flip over to talk to dispatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, like, because we had talked about, you know, we have uh, now we have Task Force 1 and 2. Um, do we need to switch over? And run TAC 1, TAC 2. But I kind of like the idea of having guys in the task force talking to the task force leader. Yeah. Because on the river, say if those are three tasks, say we call those three task force, yeah. like those mm-hmm. three scenes. On the river, you're within talking distance of your task force the yes. whole time. Like even if the guy is 50 feet down the river being downstream containment, yeah. you can still yell at him yeah. or you whistle. Okay, so there's yeah. you have your communication set up because that's your task force. Yes. But if you need to talk to the other task force, which is what the other rescue scene would be, mm-hmm. you need to use the main channel. Yes. So in a wildfire, if we take that into a grander scheme, it's like, if I'm talking to my task unit, if I'm the leader, I talk into the tender and the engine and the bush truck. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would need one channel because I'm talking to them directly. Yes. But when I need to talk to the command, I now flip over to the, the main channel. And now, now you, being the other task force leader, Rob maybe mm-hmm. being another task force leader, and then Bob... You guys can hear what's going on in my scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we kind of, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm answering my own question or whatever. I think, I think did, yeah. <laughs> Was that? Did I start getting yeah. myself out of my... Yeah. Two radios on the No, two radios on a big scene. Yeah. But back to the water rescue scene. That I mean, kind Verbal of is the second yeah. radio. Verbal is our second radio on a water yeah. rescue scene. Mm-hmm. Or the whistle. Yeah. Um, Which, that all sounded great from what I heard. Um, yeah. Like, the verbal comms were yeah. great. Uh, whistle usage was spot on. Yeah. Um, the guys were doing a really good, a really good job there. Um, yeah, I think it's tough. I definitely hear what Rob's saying. Uh, it can definitely get busy. Um, I always say every time that we do a sim, I'm like, it's always a shit show for the first little bit, and then. Once the action, or once you start to action, yeah. everything calms down. The problem with this was, is there was three shit shows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The last one being the least amount, like it was actually like really slow and easy, because uh, yep. we've already done two. <laughs> but there's there's three little shit shows. So you get that, that little bit of hectic, and then once everything's in motion, it's kind of silence. Yep. We never really got that silent break, because it was one after another yep. after another. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of information that was coming across. Um, well, back to Scott, it was all useful. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I think once we realized how many patients there actually were, like mm-hmm. everything settled down again because yeah. there was no more like searching going on. Sure. Mm-hmm. And me updating where I was on the river and yeah. this, you know, um, where the engine, other engine was because they were mm-hmm. kind of looking too. And you know, do we need do we need guys post on the on the bridge looking? We start coming up with other contingencies, like are we just some swimmers on the down the river, all that kind of stuff. I think once the three scenes were realized, these are our only three patients. Yeah, everything kind of goes shrinks back down. Sure does. One thing that came up on our truck, so we were being used as a scout and then to aid. Um, But if we were, if we weren't with you guys to to start with, yeah, we had dog shit for gear. (laughs) So. I know we have some more coming. It would be great. I mean, there's not a ton of space, right. but back back to our totes. If yeah. it was a river rescue and we have on our racking there, yeah. if we had another set of river 
gear and a tote yeah. that we could, oh, this is a river call, boom, running the back back of the truck. At least now we have, you know, a couple of PFDs that are designated to that truck. Uh, so if we weren't, like if we did that whole us from the north and you from the south and the rescue in the middle, at least we have enough with us that we can start to action, like making some patient uh, contacts as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and having that on our bush truck, because that's the truck you were on, mm-hmm. and actually having a couple of throw bags, PFDs, and even a line across bag, Yeah. in the chance that you are on a wildland call and something goes down near a river, mm-hmm. you have that gear and hopefully an experienced person to make a rescue in case you have to. Yeah. Where do you get water from? A lake or a river. Yeah. Oh, shit, someone fucking slipped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Next well, thing you know, you got out and quit rescue. It's still a swift water environment. For sure a normal wildland fire, it's it's not. Yeah. It's usually the water's mm-hmm. dead. Water's yeah, super yeah, slow, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Even a throw bag. You could throw it. Somebody, that guy's setting up that pump and shoot, he fell in. Mm-hmm. Throw bag and... Yeah, I think... <laughs> Our Q works trucks, I think our Q kind of first, like, quick rapid response vehicles, mm-hmm. and the side by side, which has a tote with, with, yes. with two PFDs and a couple throw bags in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just having that same setup in the bush truck would be a smart idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the line across, because line across to me is kind of like a longer term thing. Yeah, you like, people. You're starting to yeah, action yeah. rescue. Is that, now it's more like, okay, we have a plan, and we need to swim some out. Yeah. Because I'm still not sold on swimming a line across it. As the first guy, I'm I, I'm more the sw- send a swimmer like send a strong swimmer out. Yeah, and then if you need a line across, have another swimmer swim the. Yeah, so have mm-hmm. a, a maybe another stronger another strong swimmer swim the line across the boat, mm-hmm. and then have the guy waiting on the shore on the opposite bank. And if the guy gets in trouble, he can throw him a throw bag and yeah, pull him into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. or a stick or whatever. Um, yeah, hmm. but definitely, I think we should have um, on that bush truck. We should. Again, full strap the gear. We're putting gear on all these things, and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But. Hmm. Well, like like any scenario, really, um, there's always a lot of takeaways and learning points, right? Like, right. Yeah, but that's why we do these. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a very challenging scenario. It sounds like their goal of uh, of stressing the command. And stretching the scene out and your resources out definitely worked, <laughs> the worked like a hot day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like everything went really good, though, uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, right? Like everybody got the, the rescues done. Um, it was in a very timely response. Like in my mind, for three three rescues by the time of the call within the hour and wrapped up, like that's that's pretty efficient. Sure. I mean, if you're calling that, there's a lot going on. Well, quarter to eight. Yep. And then, yeah, we were done probably, I'm going to say by nine. Mm-hmm. It's still light out, so yeah, yeah. definitely still light out mm-hmm. and our debrief as uh, as we're starting to get a little, little darker. Yeah, absolutely. So. Hell, you probably had two of the patients out already before SAR would even arrive on scene. Oh, <laughs> no fault of theirs, it's fault of their dispatching. I know, <laughs> actually, at one point, uh, it was the third patient, someone said SAR's on scene. And we're like, well, right. we wait for them to inflate because they have a boat. They have a, what, yeah. I forget what the thing's called, mm-hmm. but they have a boat that they can inflate within like two minutes. Yeah. I was like, well, we just wait for that to happen because <laughs> that's, you know, again, this patient that would be is the lowest priority. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, and that's why we, we talk about calling these resources early because dispatching them is painful. Uh, like it's, it takes them a while to mobilize the way it's dispatched. Yeah. So uh, by calling those resources early, like yeah. that patient, perfect. That guy was a perfect patient for, yeah. for uh, slower um, dispatching. Yeah. 
because he was literally sitting on a log waiting. I mean, the worst thing that happened to him and actually happened to him was he got bit by a bunch of mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty chewed up. <laughs> so, yeah. blood loss. Yeah. Um, but the other two, um, that would have to be rapid response. Like, that's... Yeah. Was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Um, um, I guess... Yeah, it was spot on an hour. Yeah? Yeah, I, I just checked the... Uh, um, the dispatch that came in yeah. and then when we were driving back um I, our truck passed my wife driving home oh um, nice. and she messaged me are you are you guys done oh and driving home on an yeah. hour so we had a 15 we minute were about an hour there. and 15 minutes oh yeah. yeah yeah nice so it was about spot on an hour nice. yeah. really good mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know like i said i talked to matt for quite a while <laughs> At first, he was pretty upset. He's like, oh, my God, didn't go to <laughs> We need to train more. I'm like, you know, I think it went pretty good. There's a couple, like, mm-hmm. points where we, mm-hmm. yeah, where we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. But for overall, it was, it went pretty well. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Any more to add on Swiftwater? No. I guess in your uh, neck of the woods, not on Swiftwater, but on Flatwater, there's been some, because uh, you, your mm-hmm. neck's been pretty busy. We We had a... Confirmed rounding? We have, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, our lake, of course, this time of year gets super busy. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we had uh, we had a drowning. Um, and uh, the RCMP underwater recovery team is still on scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they brought in like 20 divers for that. I don't know. That's what I was saying on the news today. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess it sounds like they were deployed somewhere else and then oh. took them about a week to get here okay mm-hmm. but yeah so they're, they're searching for that um that victim unfortunately um yeah. then we got had a call for another one and turned out to be a non-event it was just a guy skinny dipping <laughs> <laughs> didn't, want to, didn't want to be seen that's why he wasn't answering <laughs> nice or he was uh was he german with the schnitzel on the that yeah, <laughs> yeah the, uh, <laughs> german german so i can say that because i'm german yeah. <laughs> schnitzel was hanging up nice yeah, a little skinny dipping <laughs> yeah but yeah, no, it's, uh, usually we unfortunately do get a couple of, uh, those incidents in our lake every year. Um, and then there was another one, I think was it yesterday or today in Camlet on the river as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that time of season, man. Like I said, like the water is still high. It's moving. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just even when we just went out to Calgary the other weekend and hang out by the river, the water was a little bit lower, um, but still moving. And of course, it's hot as hell. So everybody's going down to the yeah. water. My girls are wanting to go to the water, and I take a look at it, and it's rocking right yeah. by the shoreline. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna go dip our feet in that. Yeah. But you look up and down the river, and there's a million people scattered along the bank of it. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it, it can happen, man. You know, people always. You know, I, I I see people complain. They're like, oh, especially on Facebook, people are always like you were saying about the campfire man. The campfire man, right? Yeah. Um. We, we live in a, like, the, the society's becoming risk averse, right? So, yeah. you know, they see people in the river and they're like, we should shut the river down. We should have people, we should have signs, don't go in the river, <laughs> shut the lake down. It's obviously dangerous. People drown the lake every year, blah, 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 you know. But it, the amount of, like, tourists and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I always go back to that um, that Bondi rescue show. Right. Marshall, oh, yeah. Marshall Lucilis, he's probably on that. Well, we talked about it because budgie smugglers and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> but that, in that Bondi Beach, that one area, we were watching that show, and they were doing they were doing like sixty rescues a day, <laughs> some ridiculous number, and they're not shut on the beach. No, no, just, no. They have like 
10 lifeguards on duty and mm-hmm. they're just, no, well, that guy's drowning. They, they swim out there on their paddleboard or their, or it's like a longboard, their yep. surfboard thing, and they go and pull them in. Mm-hmm. Pat him in the back. Off you go. <laughs> don't go. Don't go out there anymore. Don't go to the riptide. Twenty minutes yeah. later. Yeah, and then you know, like yeah, and they're they're rescuing like three, four people at a time because they're getting sucked out of the riptide, right? Um, so they're not shutting it down. They're just you know they mitigate the risk, and these guys are just yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to them, that many rescues is nothing. Sure. And every once in a while, they need to do resuscitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like I get people want to, you know, you don't want to have to deploy your rescue crews, but yeah, also. You know, that's, you don't want to live in a society where you can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, a, yeah. It's, yeah. And so, oh, fuck it, I'll say it. Society's getting super, stupid. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's, it's job security, man. Like, you get these idiots, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go on for a rant. Never stop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, people don't think about being safe. They just want yeah. to think about themselves and go have mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it, it's kind of their right. It is. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It's their right to be an idiot, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. But then yeah. when, uh, you know, when we put campfire bands on and things yeah. like that, it's like, yeah. well, that's to help mitigate certain risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. the same thing, you know, that people get a little sick of sorrow when people get lost in the woods. Yeah. You know, well, we should stop. Like, well, no. Like, mm. would you stop snowmobiling just because we said, well, you know, we had to rescue a snowmobiler last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. All snowmobiling stopped. You'd mm-hmm. be pissed. I'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do it smart. <laughs> as smart as you can. Yeah. 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 No more skiing because people get hurt skiing. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Build big, big walls around the outside so they can't ski out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I think we're going to wrap it. We're going off this tangent. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll probably be more like Australia because they don't give a fuck. That's right. <laughs> swim in the ocean, drown, we'll rescue you. Figure it out. Go poke spiders, they'll bite you, you'll figure it out. No thanks. Go fight a kangaroo. <laughs> Punch in the face, <laughs> whip your stomach up with its legs, and you'll be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, Modus. Ash. <laughs> Modus. Uh, snagger tools, hydro wrenches, uh, force entry wedges, uh, soft entry kit. Uh, these guys have a ton, a ton of tools. Uh, check them out on their social media. Uh, check them out on ours. And if you like what you see, use discount code DTFF5 for 5% off your next order. Awesome. Uh, stop the bleep. If he keeps doing that, I might have to, yeah. <laughs> Scott is going to take stop the bleep because he's playing with a knife. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> three, three methods of, of uh, bleeding control are uh, direct pressure, more direct pressure as Nick would say, um, wound packing, and tourniquet. If you can use a tourniquet, use a good tourniquet. Mm-hmm. And we'll throw out Artac as well. Artac, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were saying uh, Artac is uh, online right now. I don't know if it's open to general admission. Oh, okay. I think it's still kind of in the test phase. We're doing some uh, looking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, really good course. Um, it's kind of the basics done well, I guess. Um, like if you if you're a medic, nothing's gonna be epiphany, but I think it's but focuses on the critical interventions as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, the things that are gonna make yeah. it. And the more I look at, I really like the March protocol over the mm-hmm. ABCs. Um, it's it just makes more sense. Um, the massive hemorrhage first, 
Because if you go A, B, C, down a deadly bleed, well, <laughs> well you've, oh yeah, he's, his airway's open, he's breathing great, the circulation, uh, oh wait a minute, no, he's bled out. <laughs> and I know people are like, well, I'd see the blood. Well, would you? Like, if it's, you know? Yeah. So I, I really like the deadly bleed. I like the, the massive hemorrhage first. Mm-hmm. And then the airway. Um, I don't know why a lot of agencies, like even just minor first aid companies and stuff, like don't don't switch to the march method. I think it just. I think partially it's laziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be outright because like, you know change all these manuals to march. The same thing as fire manuals, right? Like yeah. half the fire yeah, manuals don't forever. have yeah. half the fire manuals don't have EIS in it. Don't have or at least a very good like they don't have all the stuff in there that everyone knows now. Yeah, it just takes forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like our our ITLS our our trauma life support like it's the same thing. Like it, it's it's trains you to focus on that rapid body and that march like massive hemorrhage and everything else right like yeah uh, yeah anyways it's good it it focuses with that and i really like in their in their course they at the end they have that uh, shop talk Mm -hmm. Um, so they have um basically four branches of agencies so they have uh they have the flight medic talking they have a firefighter talking they have a police officer talking and then they have nick who's a doctor who's an emergency room doctor so they each kind of give their take of, of the first aid side of things, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's something unique I've never seen in that course before. So, yeah, yeah, good. Our tech. Um, Tanner Olson. Rob, oh, what a fantastic <laughs> band! Those guys were great. You guys have probably talked about them since the since yeah, a little bit, yeah, concert, a little bit, so. yeah. Yeah, no. Was their uh, new sound guy? Yeah, it was their sound yeah. guy. Uh, they sounded amazing. They because <laughs> Rob was there. Yeah, because I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was good to have them out and meet them and just see what they're all about. Um, if you get a chance to check them out, definitely do. Uh, they are on multiple platforms for your listening pleasure, and uh, they were recently the Calgary Stampede, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stampede, um, somewhere in Edmonton, Cook County. Jail, oh, yeah. County something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. I can't, awesome remember, can't remember what platforms they're on, but uh, if you use it, they're probably on it. Spotify yeah, for sure. Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, then you have us, of course. Um, so we're on the YouTube, the Instagram, the TikTok, um, Facebooks. So give us a like, give us a follow. And, um, yeah, send us a message uh, if there's anything um, that you want us to talk about or uh, ask us a question. We'll try and reach, reach out to you, which we had a couple new messages there. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. We'll have to chat about that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, just give us a, a comment, a like. It gets us out in front of more people. and Yeah. For sure. Uh, the Stop the Bleed stuff, check us out on YouTube as well. Um, we've got some content on there. And we'll try and get some more soon. Yeah. Any more for any more? Yes, sir. All right. Ash. Thank you. Have a good night. Scott. Thanks, good night. Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay DTMF. Bye.